Hello everyone, my name is Sylvia Gorajek and welcome to another episode of Valley Talks. Today I'm very excited to welcome Ryan Rogowski, CEO and founder of Weigo, an app that allows for instant translating to Korean, Japanese and Chinese with a phone camera. Hello Ryan, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm really excited to be involved in the, the show. I watched a few episodes and yeah. um, hopefully share some of my own insights and stories with other founders. For sure. And we want to inspire them so that, you know, when they hear the stories like yours, they can feel like, okay, I can do this too, right? <laughs> hopefully, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about Wego. Um, we understand that it translates instantly with a phone camera. But yeah. how does it actually work and when, where can you use it really? Yeah, so what's unique about it is it, it uses your phone camera to uh, hover over text and it instantly translates from Chinese, Japanese, Korean and more languages coming into English. Um, and what's unique about it is it works entirely offline so you don't need an internet connection and it works really well on food and shopping and signage, which is a use case a lot of travelers get stuck on, like they'll arrive in China and not know how to turn on the air conditioning and then the remote control is all in Chinese and can be really obnoxious yeah. when you're in 80 or 90 degree Beijing temperatures. So it works in a way that you hover over a text yeah. and it translates right away on the screen. You don't have to take a picture, you don't have to record anything. Yeah, it's just it's in real time, so it's kind of this augmented reality concept where mm -hmm. it's basically a camera feed and um, the text is just appearing as if that's how it was written in the natural world. So you're saying it's mostly food menus, uh, products and signage, right? So, yeah. but why food menus? What, <laughs> why, how, how are they distinctive? you know, compared to the other things. Yeah, so it actually kind of feeds into the backstory of Wego. So the, the company came about because I was living in Beijing, China for a little over a year. And when I first arrived there, I barely spoke any Chinese. It was like ni hao and maybe ni hao ma, like very basic stuff. And I couldn't read to save my life. So one challenge is you go to a local restaurant and there's no pictures, it's just a bunch of like Chinese letters. We call it bushes in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so basically when I first arrived, I figured out how to order one dish, which was Kung Pao chicken. And I ate that like for almost the entire month because I was so scared of getting sick and eating like pig brains or <laughs> something yeah. that I wasn't ready for. Um, and yeah, so we, we knew it was an important use case early on and everyone eats and enjoys meals while they're traveling. It's a big part of the experience. You could read basic titles of newspaper articles, but mm -hmm. when it gets into complex grammar, like if you're reading a newspaper passage, we don't support that just because um, we compress the data quite a lot and the only way for it to be able to stay small and offline is to have the model limited. What about handwriting? Uh, That's tricky, right? It, yeah, handwriting and also what we call calligraphy, which is like very artsy text. Those are things that we are working on, but... Mm -hmm. 
But some handwriting, if it was really careful and all that, it should be yeah, fine, right? Yeah, it could actually work, yeah. We've, we've actually had Chinese people, as soon as I show the app, they'll write down something like uh -huh. mi fan, rice, and be... then scan it. And a lot of times it does okay. work. They want to it... test you, they want to challenge you, right? Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can imagine that. What were you doing before uh, you started working on Wago? Were you also creating things? Were you an entrepreneur? Or how did you actually end up in China? Like, what's the story behind it? Yeah, so I actually moved to China kind of on a whim. I, I wanted to learn Mandarin, was one of the driving factors. And um, as I had been going through school, there's just so many things going on in China, so much talk about it. Wall Street was always saying how China's growing, manufacturing is happening there. And let's just uh, mention also that you were raised in Chicago. Right, yeah. yeah. So I was born and raised in Chicago. Yeah. And I had always heard about China and I just figured, well, I should just go there and see what's going on, learn the language. And even if I don't get anything else out of it, at least I'll have seen wow. a new part of the world. Yeah. But, but so you just decided like I'll go there for a year and that's all? Yeah, that that was the the game plan. I finished school, I studied linguistics and electrical engineering and then basically moved to China and started learning Chinese and then I started working at a iPhone game development startup. So I was building iPhone games mainly in the education space, like word games and grammar and quote games. Um, and that, that was actually kind of what spurred more of the idea of Wago is I had this mobile development experience, experience in language and this need <laughs> to read Chinese that I couldn't do. So what was the stage of your company when you thought that this is, um, this is the right moment? I think when, when we first got the investment from Betaspring, uh -huh. That was kind of a pivotal moment where we already believed in the product and then we had some investors reaffirm that. What were your next steps? You also, um, as I know, you were also practicing extreme pitching. Oh, right. Yeah. Was it, was it then that you, that you were, you know, that you had to like go into the crowd and, and talk about your product? Um, and can you tell more about this, how it looked like? Yeah. So. We had this investor pitch day that we were preparing for and basically we really wanted to explain our products well and concisely and be really excited and passionate about it. But what we were scared of was being on stage in front of so many people. Not all of us had done it before. Um, there were a couple other companies that Betaspring had founded so we came up with this idea to go and pitch in random places that made us feel incredibly uncomfortable because if we could pitch and explain our company wow. in those situations, yeah. then be doing it on stage in front of investors should be a breeze. Where so. did you go, for example? <laughs> so one crazy one was there's actually like a hurricane going on in this was one of the bigger hurricanes that hit the East Coast about four or five years ago. And we, we basically like went out in the hurricane and we're like pitching our products to each other on a bridge, like mm. really crazy. It was probably dangerous, but, uh, but it just, it really solidifies your, 
messaging and helps you build that confidence mm -hmm. on stage. What are the moments that you remember from your um, from growing your startup that really made a big impact on on the startup and your and your experience? We had a, a side project we were working on that was this electric guitar that would teach you how to play with LED lights. And we, we built software for it at this global hackathon called Angel Hack. And where it, was it? It was, so it was actually, the finals were a competition between Boston and San Francisco. Mm -hmm. So there were teams competing from the East Coast in Boston and teams from the West Coast in San Francisco. And we had this final pitch presentation that was like a video stream for all the companies in the top five positions. And Dave McClure was one of these judges. So we presented, showed our software, and he loved it. So we ended up winning this competition. And the grand prize was actually to go on a Geeks on a Plane trip with Dave McClure through four different countries. So for how long? So it was over two weeks, uh -huh. and we, we started in Miami, we went to Mexico City, Sao Paulo, Brazil, uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina, and then after that, Dave and I both flew to Beijing separately to go to a China startup event, and we met there, and I told him more about Wago, and then eventually he invited us to the 500 Startups program. So how about Silicon Valley? Um, for how many years have you been here so far? Yeah, so we, we've been in Silicon Valley now three years. Three years. And how do you see uh, growing your startup here? Uh, so you've been here since 500 startups? Is this Essentially, more or less right. the time? Yeah. So what, 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 the, what is the biggest advantage that you are getting from Silicon Valley? Yeah, I, so I think What's been amazing about this era of startups and mm -hmm. entrepreneurship is the ability to work remotely. So we actually only have two of our team members based in Silicon Valley, and then other team members based elsewhere in the world, like on the East Coast and also in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. And we've found it's a, it's a pretty effective model because we can get a lot of the advantages of being in Silicon Valley, the connections to be made, and just the serendipity that happens, but at the same time have a more practical way of like finding talent that's mm -hmm. um, not too expensive. And there's also just so much talent outside of yeah. this area that uh, just because you want to build a startup doesn't mean you need talented people from here. Um, I mean, yeah. we all met in the East Coast and of course this is the place with capital and mm -hmm. lots of mindshare. So how much have you raised so far? So, so far we, well, we raised a $900,000 uh, angel slash seed financing round mm -hmm. and then we're just in the process of raising some additional capital. I see. So how are you doing this? Like, tell me in practice, like, what steps are you taking to do that? Fundraising is definitely one of the most challenging pieces. It's a full-time job, right? Yeah. And yeah, and that was something I, I learned very reluctantly mm -hmm. early on is that when you're fundraising, if you're 
fundraising, like it's a really hundred percent of your time job. Like when I, when I first went out raising our initial funds, I almost could not do anything else, like nothing product. I couldn't contribute there. I, yeah, and that's hard because there is only like three people in your company, right? So taking away one third just for raising money, which is so important, but also what about the company, right? Right. In the meantime, so I feel like many startups are uh, facing this dilemma. I was basically building up lists of investors I wanted to meet and I probably presented to at least a hundred investors mm -hmm. like, and yeah. we converted maybe five to ten percent of those into actual yeah. um, final investments so it's it's a hard job and it's a sales cycle so you have to build a lot of candidates you have to perfect your pitch and product um, but you also just have to have a good product and a reason for people to be excited as well. Well, and even also, I found investors who had an interest in our space, either in translation or East Asia or like mobile apps. Those were more likely investors to want to be part of the journey mm -hmm. versus like a healthcare investor would have. I remember I pitched a couple healthcare investors and they had no interest in our products whatsoever. So it was yeah. maybe good practice, but yeah. um, not fruitful in terms of like finding people who essentially join your team yeah. as an investor. And there, I mean, now there's amazing platforms that help with that. Like AngelList is, I think, one of the most awesome inventions Mm -hmm. ever created. Like did you raise money through AngelList as well? Yeah, so we, we did use AngelList. Um, part of the funds came from AngelList introductions, mm -hmm. um, but it's just a great platform for finding investors. I mean, because even as an investor, if you think from their point of view, you may be like sitting at home, like you succeeded in your career, you want to give back, but like, how do you find startups yeah. or deal flow is a hard problem the other way around. So, um, so with your product, what, uh, how are you growing uh, your user base? Mm -hmm. And did you change your, uh, you know, strategies and methods along the way? Or are you still using the same things that you were using even a couple years ago that worked? So we actually have <clears throat> two models. So we have the Wago consumer app that that you've probably seen, but we also have a developer kit that allows other um, other companies and applications and platforms to use our technology, and that's valuable because you could see why this type of scanning or language recognition yeah. could be applied to education, like learning languages better, or even in scanning documents like receipts, finance papers. Um, there's a lot of different ways we can apply the technology. So in terms of growing the Wago consumer app, we found what's been most successful is focusing on search terms. Mm -hmm. um, mm. So really like thinking about how would a user find you and trying to figure out how to appear in that way so mm. like someone traveling to china we would think oh they're gonna search for 
uh, China Chinese dictionary. Was it also one of the methods that you would mention while pitching to investors? And how would they react to it? Would they like it or would they be suspicious about it? Maybe it's it's not the the main path that you should take. That's that's a tough question. I know, but yeah, but I'm asking because you always need to show your strategy for growth, right? And yeah. for how you're going to get users. And for you, uh, now you know that it's worked. It it worked well, and yeah. and obviously that's a great way. But also, would investors trust this? That this is yeah. you know. Yeah, and it's so when we first started, we had quite a lot of ideas. Like we. Uh, one idea we had was doing paid advertising. I think an, another idea we had was doing a lot of events and uh, building like a social media brand. But we found so with the the social media following, we just felt that because our product was more geared towards travelers who travel a short period of time. It was hard to find a community that could get, engage continuously mm. around it because let's say you're going to Japan, you're really excited, planning your trip, you're probably talking about it all the time. When you get back, you talk about it for like a week, but then you're worried again yeah. about your career and maybe your next yeah. trip. Is there anything in your startup experience uh, that now you know that you would do differently? Um, one thing we've messed up a few times was regarding press releases and relationships ah, with journalists. So we yeah, I wanted to ask you about that too. I will interrupt for a sec because I saw that you had so many co so much coverage in TechCrunch and you know major major magazines and websites. So it's something we spent a lot of time on, and I would say is another part of our marketing and growth strategy. Um, but yeah, we, we did learn pretty early on how easy it was to mess up those types of things because, uh, so we were fortunate when we first launched our product, we emailed a lot of journalists and finally got one journalist interested and it, it was mainly because she was writing about the topic, writing about things related to Asia and growth and so she, covered our first product launch. But then after that, we got a little bit greedy and we were like, oh, we want so many articles to write about us. And so we, we had this press release prepared and then, and of course journalists, this is really important because they don't wanna publish something and it be old news or not mm -hmm. exciting. Um, and so we, we messed up. We like didn't tell one writer about the deadline or the the date limit and then ended up having an article go live early and then another writer just like uh. didn't publish the story because they got upset and then mm. um, it ended up being a pretty <laughs> big disaster and I felt bad and we felt like idiots because we didn't know what we were doing yeah. but we did learn and we got better about making sure we're respecting the journalists. Uh, Ryan, what uh, surprised you most in your startup experience? I think what is probably most surprising is how many ups and emotional ups and downs there are. I think not a lot of people realize it going into it because they spe yeah. especially if you've worked at a job where it's comfortable and you're not worrying about paychecks, you're not worrying about like if 
you do your job wrong, like the company could die, mm -hmm. <laughs> things like that. Yeah, you feel like you probably build the product, right? Tell some people about it. They will love it. They will tell others and it will all happen on its own, right? Yeah, but really but it's, it's not the case. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it, there's so many ups and downs and um, I think that surprised me, but it also helped me learn how to manage my stress levels and emotions a lot better and be more calm. Like if I see something or get news that's terrible and then news that's amazing that I sort of limit my emotions so they don't get the best of me. Ryan, yeah. what's the next goal for Wego? Is it another language? Is it improving the, uh, you know, how it works right now? What are you mostly focusing on to accomplish soon? Yeah, so we're, I mean, you mentioned handwriting earlier. That's a huge interest for us, being able to recognize mm -hmm. handwritten texts. Um, and of course, other languages, like we'd like to help yeah. people all over the world. And there's a lot of applications for both the, the travel translation tool, but also in education and other areas like wearables where we really feel Wego can make a big impact. Ryan, yeah. thank you so much for joining me today on the show. It's been a great talk. And actually for everyone who would want to know more about Wego, where can they find your app or your website? Yeah, so that anyone can search for us, W-A-Y-G-O, Wego in the App Store, or go to our website, wegoapp.com. And thanks so much, Sylvia, for having me. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you so much.